Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever and ever. Amen. Mike, well, we're back. I don't, I don't appreciate the, the fact that I was ambushed when I walked down the stairs. <laughs> I, somebody was hiding behind the furniture and sprung out and attempted to shoot a dart gun at me with great excitement and zeal and <laughs> failed miserably. Actually, it was not inaccuracy. So my uh, shout-out to um, Pasquale Girolamo. I call him my father-in-law, but of course he's not. He's my, Pasquale. Br- he's my, my brother's Come father-in-law. So he gave me this um, Nordic honey wine with hibiscus and hops added called Viking blood. Oh, yeah. Because my name, some people say, oh, Lachlan actually means Viking. Because blood? it means, it just, yeah. yeah. No, it's just <laughs> Viking in the blood, maybe. <laughs> um, because our, 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 lame, our name literally means of the lake land, like Loch, Lachlan, Loch Ness. Oh, yeah. Like Lake Ness, you know, in Scotland. So um, it's Irish, but it's, so O Lachlan means of O, then Lachlan, lake land. So, but that's colloquially means foreigner. So oh, like really? Lakeland means like if you're from the Lakeland, it meant you're a foreigner. And the foreigners at that part of Ireland were the Vikings. So it's like identifying us as Vikings. Well, it could be northern. Are, are there a lot of lakes? And I, I just immediately think of that because I'm from oh. Minnesota. Oh, and there's yeah. a lot of yeah, yeah, that's true. Vikings up there. And I'd have to look uh, it up. They make land of lakes butter. Ah, well, there we go. Which is, I'd never even put that, that that makes sense, that's Minnesota. But for us, it's, it's a Clare name, so County Clare, which is like central western Ireland. Okay. I don't know if there's a lot of lakes there. I never looked, but anyway. But it means Vikings. Anyway, he, I don't know if that's oh, why I he love gave this the, to me. But. The name of that brew, Viking Blood. But Viking Blood, it's Viking B-L-O-D, which I'm guessing is blood. I might be messing that up. But anyway, Donsmzod was the name of it. But anyway, it was so... <laughs> We have this YouTube channel, and people really like YouTube. And we just, the only thing we have up is Seek. That's all we have. And it was just Father Who John Neppel. has a YouTube channel? We do. Oh. Catholic Stuff now has a oh, YouTube channel. Yes. I mean, of yeah. course. Oh, of course. Yes, we do. And it was, it was Father John's idea, and he just, we just opened it, and we put the, the video of our Seek podcast up on the thing. So whenever I, people are like, are you, have a YouTube channel? I'm like, yes, we have one video up there. So <laughs> I'm like, we need more videos. So I, I can like, send you more videos. Me, me shooting you with that Nerf gun or trying to shoot you with a Nerf gun. It was going to be a video. We'll see if it makes it on there. But anyway, but it wasn't Is my Is this inaccuracy. meant to be like jib jab videos or? I have no idea. I'm just trying to give people something to watch. So if it can be me shooting you. Can I make a you, silent film? <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> My day. And, it's and, just going to be me <laughs> recording myself writing on a computer for hours and hours and then you and just hours. speed it up like the old silent videos. But the reason I bring this up is because Viking blood actually blocked my shot. Oh, yeah. I, I need to watch the video again in slow motion. But I think if this hadn't been sitting on the table, I totally would have hit you with that Nerf gun. No, you're a bad shot. But... <laughs> The I was Viking blood it, was saved nervous. my life. It I was did. nervous. <laughs> it did. Uh, you were nervous. I don't know why I Are was. You kidding me? I I look and all of a sudden I see you there with <laughs> a well plastic weapon. Yeah. Pointed in my direction. Make a Nerf gun. No, it still is pointed in your direction. Actually, I, I did. I did post this on my. I did post a, a 
picture on my Instagram feed of this sitting in our shared oh, in the in our shared in the gun, uh, gun, gun closet gun closet there because Father Nathan has these real guns and I have a Nerf gun that I put in there anyway. So anyway, watch, I'll show you. You think I can hit that German flag from right here? Right oh. in the middle. All right, he's <laughs> and dangerous. I wasn't, wasn't even aiming. <laughs> dangerous with a plastic anyway. dart. Anyway, foam dart. Foam dart. Yeah. All right. Um, well, what's the word? Binary scout cookie. No thanks. Okay. Now I like the um, thin mints and the Samoas, but I don't like the peanut butter ones. I had some of those too, and they're gone. Do you know the local poor Claire's make cookies? No. You should consider investing in the Claritian cookies. So do I know, because I, I don't like actually paying money for Girl Scout cookies, of course, because they support Pop Parenthood, and they I don't do? want to do that. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think it's direct, but it's certainly, it's certainly a thing. Yeah. So anyway, anyway when people give them to me, I eat them. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, but yeah, Little Sisters of the Poor, too. They make... You're getting the echo already, aren't we? Sorry, this... We need equipment. Anyway... Um, both of us are hearing echoes. Uh, but the Little Sisters of the Poor, someone there makes cookies as well. And they sell them at the door. So when you come uh, to visit your loved one, you can buy cookies for really, really cheap. All right. Well, I'm learning all the Nuts places make for good cookies. cookies. Unfortunately, I don't love cookies. Yeah, so you don't like anything sweet, right? Yeah. Not my thing. Somebody was telling me today to get a heart-shaped, this is Valentine's Day, yeah. a heart-shaped dilly bar at Dairy uh, Queen. And okay. I do happen to like... The chocolate dip cone. Okay. The only thing, really, really? at the Dairy Queen. Is it Queen. the texture you like? Because it's a very different texture than most things at Dairy Queen. I guess. You like I'm not sure what it the... is. I like the flavors. <laughs> I don't go out of my way to get the dip cone. I forget but who I was. If, <laughs> if I happen to be there, because sometimes you end up in a Dairy Queen. I'm having a deja vu right now. I feel like I was talking on this podcast about, about that Black, uh, not the black, the the chocolate stuff that you pour over, you pour it out of the jar onto like soft serve ice cream or any ice cream. You pour it on, and it and it um it becomes it hardens like when you pour it oh, over, it becomes yeah. like a dip the cone. shell. But I called it crack. <laughs> Why? And I was just not called it crack. I was like, you know that you know how you pour that crack stuff over <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> no. I think it was Father Nathan. He just gives no. it like, what Come the on. heck are you talking about? We got kids on this podcast. I don't they don't know, know what you it got is. Weird then. nicknames. When for I say things. crack, a kid thinks I mean like a plumber's crack. Oh boy. Okay. Or chocolate dip. On, on to the topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I asked these kids the other day. I was in uh, uh, the classroom with the first graders. We were learning to read and everything, and some of them are missing teeth. Okay. I don't. Know, that's a strange thing about they, those kids. Fell out. They fell out. Yeah, they fell out. And I was asking him, why do baby teeth fall out and get replaced by adult teeth? But baby ears don't fall off and baby fingernails don't fall (laughs) off and get replaced. I don't understand. Like, I actually don't know the answer to that question. (laughs) Maybe our heads grow or something. Um, But the response was, hey, Father Mike, I tied a piece of floss to my tooth and put it on a door handle and slammed it. Yep. I say, oh, yeah, that's a classic. Right. All right. But don't get the wrong tooth. You know, that could be oh, very man. painful. <laughs> but it was a total non sequitur. This kid did not answer my question. About Answered ears. a whole different question, which is, how did you pull out your oh, tooth? Right, right. 
That's kids, though. I feel like I still think like that sometimes. Oh, I, I give children's homilies all the time. And I will say, I will ask a very specific question. And the kid says something that is just whatever's going on in their brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, the, and I'm like, like okay, wait, I'm on track okay. with me here. Kid. They'll raise their hand and everything. Like, I'll ask a very specific question. Like, like, what did Jesus create on the third day? Or what did God create on the third day? And I raise their hand. They're like, I got a dog named Barney. He pooped <laughs> on the carpet yesterday. It's like, thank you, little one. Okay. Appreciate that. What did Jesus oh, create? FYI. FYI. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Ah, uh, kids. Yeah. All right. That's a good transition. Uh, it's not at all. Anyway, uh, transition into the topic. So um, I shared in our last podcast that I like meditating upon the literature I'm reading. And I only, as I've shared before, only get to become a good companion did I get back into literature. But uh, I had... What are you reading now? You're probably going to tell me. Yes. Um, so I finished uh, Loris, which is a great book, and I decided I'm doing everything by Audible because now I have a commute. I live with Father Nathan, so I drive into church. Um, so I had I used to fall asleep every single night, probably four years ago, every single night, just thinking about Lord of the Rings because I was reading it for the first time. I'd never read it before. I'd already watched all the movies, never read it. I was, what, 36 years old, and I would fall asleep every night just going over Oh, it's good writing. Oh, it's amazing. It just gets your imagination firing. And it's not allegorical, like 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 C.S. Lewis is. So like Chronicles of Narnia, allegorical, this means this. Aslan is Jesus, right? But right. in Lord of the Rings, uh, Tolkien just, it was he hated allegory. So he wanted to make a story that was very Christian, of course, but you don't find Jesus or the apostles or things like that, Mary, like you do in, in uh, Narnia. So... Anyway, so I, I would fall asleep just like meditating about all these beautiful things. So I wanted that again, now that I'm 41. I wanted that again, so I started, now I'm reading Lord of the Rings again. And I'm oh, doing all nice. three. So I've already finished Fellowship of the Ring. I'm now probably I read it during Spirituality Year. For the first time? Yes. I feel I like that's for late the only for most time. People, I have a very hard time repeating things. Movies, books. Yeah. Even if I like them. I don't know why. I generally do too, but I am getting so much more out of it this time All than right. I did the first All time. Right. You're Absolutely. selling it well. Yeah, and, and, and I I just don't... I've watched the movies. I've read it once before, but there's just... Like, I could not... I'm, I forget a lot, though. Shout out to Sister Natalia. She calls me out all the time on just forgetting things. She's like, do you remember this? Oh, you probably don't. And then she'll continue on, because uh-huh. I just I forget almost everything. But that's just helpful when you're doing art, because you're like, oh, it's just like listening to it for the first time. But anyway, so here, here's this passage... Um, from Lord of the Rings that, that that struck me, and it actually reminded me of a passage which I think people will understand in uh, Narnia, in the Narnia books. So, okay. um, perhaps, here's the passage. Uh, perhaps he also thought you were Saruman, said Gimli, but you speak of him as if he was a friend. I thought Fangorn was dangerous. Fangorn is, is Treebeard, right? The Ent, the, the oh, yeah. tree. Okay. So dangerous, cried Grandolf. It's called cried Gandalf, and so am I, very dangerous, more dangerous than anything you will ever meet, unless you are brought alive before the seat of the Dark Lord. And Aragorn is dangerous, and Legolas is dangerous. You are beset with dangers, Gimli, son of Gloin, for you are dangerous yourself in your own fashion. Certainly the forest of Fangorn is perilous, not least to those who are too ready with their axes. And Fangorn himself, he is perilous too yet he is wise and kindly nonetheless. Uh, so that, in other words... So can you tell me who Gimli is? Gimli's the dwarf. The dwarf, okay. Legolas is the elf. And then... Aragorn's Saruman. the man. Saruman. 
Saruman is, is, is the, the, once good the good wizard, wizard, exactly, who became bad. Right. So he's kind of the bad guy. And this Gimli is saying, oh, this, is, this guy is dangerous. Right. And so, 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 well, no, no, Gimli's saying Fangorn is dangerous. Fangorn is Treebeard. Oh. Fangorn okay. is, is this ant. So the, this, this ancient, ancient, um, like, living tree, like, that can move around. They actually have legs and arms and a head yeah. and everything like that. They walk around. Um, and they're, they're these ancient beings, the ants, and they're, they're kind of, they're herders of trees. Um, and they, they, uh, the two, uh, Pippin and Mary, these two other, um, hobbits that get separated from the other two, um, they, they get captured by the orcs, these evil orcs, and then they get, they escape, and then they escape into Fangorn Forest, which people call this forest Fangorn, but Fangorn is also the end, this one tree uh, they call Treebeard. the boss. Exactly, the boss of all the trees. And, um, and he seems, like, you think of an old, kind of knotted tree, you know, and, but, but I love the fact that Tolkien chose trees, to symbolize, because it's this, you know, they're, they're, like, at one point, they're just destroying this, I don't want to give too much away for those, but anyway, they're destroying this castle type thing. But isn't it a beautiful image to say, what could destroy a castle but trees, plants? I mean, plants destroy yeah. with their roots and things like that, they destroy things all the time like that. And they'll last a lot longer, and they'll destroy things that seem very hardy. So they're destroying this castle, but um, the forest, Fangorn, is also this kind of this... Um, Rumor of fear, like it's it's kind of a scary forest. So when he's yeah. describing this forest, yeah, Fangorn, they thought I thought dark, it was dangerous. Big, yeah, like a, a dark forest know, just feels dangerous. It's frightening. There's a certain awe, it's like over the things. fear of God. There could be something around the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah and if, if it's if it's dark in there, you have no control, and exactly things are hidden. And I like that about the way they depicted this in the movie. Now, I did read the books, so okay. I'm not just <laughs> referring to the movie, but I do like this that. There is this like creaking old mm. and um, imposing yeah. height and strength and like uh, solidity yeah. to all of these trees that is pretty intimidating. And of course, uh, Tolkien describes it brilliantly. I mean, the movie was easy to make because it was so brilliant. And in the and I love I love audiobooks too because it feels like I'm being read to, like I'm a kid, you know, with a parent or a yeah. grandparent reading to me. Um, but there's something about this. You know, they kind of, in a very innocent way, saying, "I, you know, Fangorn, this, this, the name of this uh, woods, this forest, that is also actually the name of one, one ent, the one tree, living tree, is a. Um, they've always had a sense of danger to the name, like don't go in Fangorn, you know, be careful. But if it's also one being, this living kind of walking tree, uh, then there's something fascinating about it. And when when Gandalf then takes the idea of being the feeling of walking into a a dark tree, think of Princess Bride, right? What's the what's the the woods named in Princess Bride with the rodents of unusual sizes. Anyway, yeah. there's like this I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. I, I can't think of it either. Um but so they're walking like this this kind of dark, mysterious um uh well, anyway, the like imposing forest that you're walking through. And that's one being this tree. And they, so they're saying, you know, okay, you're you're acting like he's a good guy, Treebeard, Fangorn, but isn't he dangerous? And then Gandalf turns around and says, he's good and dangerous. Mm. Now, what would you think of in Narnia that is good and dangerous? I guess the lion, right? Yeah, Aslan. So, yeah. Which, which is an allegory. The lion of Judah. Right, which refers to very Christian themes, of course, both are. But so he, here's here's the um, the quotes from Lion, from um, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. So, uh, is he a man? Asks Lucy because uh, the beaver is talking about Aslan. Is he a man? Asks Lucy. 
Oslan a man, said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not. I tell you he is a king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of the beasts? Oslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Ooh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Oslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the mm. king. And so there there's there's something about like that is talking about not only like that they're saying Fangorn's dangerous, but then uh the uh, Gandalf goes on to say that that you're dangerous. You Gimli are dangerous, you Legolas are dangerous, you know, you Aragorn is dangerous. There's a certain danger that is is in in uh, Narnia is is only for Aslan, who's Jesus Christ. There's something um, unsafe, if you will. He's not safe about him. Yeah, we, know, we can define that in a second. But when when he talks about dangerous, again, it needs to be defined. Um, but when we talk about dangerous, um, he he says we're all dangerous. All of you are dangerous in your own way. And I, there's something so intriguing about that. And the reason I thought about it was because I did something just stupid the other day, and I was and I was. I was. I'm not surprised. Rut, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I feel like you teed that up. Right, right, yeah, exactly. And I don't mind. Um, but I, I did something really stupid, and I was running around, and I was so busy. And then I thought, I don't have the time to to even like. I did, of course, but to, I normally when I do something stupid, I just say Psalm 50, like in my head, like whether it's whatever you know, whatever gossip, yeah. whatever it was, you know, saying something I should have told. Whatever. Forgive me, Lord. Yeah, it's, it's like just Psalm 51 is is a great Psalm 50 Septuagint, Psalm 51 Masoretic. But anyway, it's. It's a great, like, momentary act of contrition. And I was run, running around so quickly, I didn't have the time. And I, I remembered this passage from Lord of the Rings. And I said, you know what? There is there is a certain danger in tying it into to Aslan and Jesus Christ, of course. There is a certain danger to him that it, that is, he's like he's like a raging fire that, mm. that can give life or take it away. And there, you know, there's something about the, the big, beautiful danger of God, of Jesus Christ, that is intriguing to me, and it it it, it only draws me closer to him. And it, it, I, I'm fascinated by him because he is dangerous, because he is unsafe. And there's there's something that 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 draws me and it attracts me to a deeper relation with Christ. With that being the idea, and I think that's the case. Of course, both these stories are kind of getting to the same point, and then that is reflected in my neighbor, in my brother, in my sister. Right? My, they're dangerous too. That there's a certain intrigue about this. So that actually now. I'm going to make you define this. No, I think we, we need to. We need to. <laughs> I'm going to make you. Are you talking about wild? Are yes. you talking about strong? Are you talking about? Um, I think we can confuse this term yeah. to mean dangerous in terms of like reckless and untrustworthy. Right. right. And that's kind of our experience of dangerous people. Yeah. After think, the fall. Yeah. And. They're obviously not playing on that. Yeah, they're trying. Exactly. They're trying to contrast a sort of greater um, power yeah. and imp- impression and sort of uh, virtuous strength. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what they're what they're playing. In part, this this vision of uh, the Lion of Judah and Jesus being the Lion, mm-hmm. the Son of Son of 
David, Judah, the king for Israel, the imagery has something to do about the the leader who fights for justice. Mm-hmm. And wherever there's injustice or there's evil or darkness, they better watch out. Yeah. Because this thing is a threat. And I love that imagery of Jesus that is the conqueror. Yeah. And I really love to meditate on God conquering the devil and conquering evil and saying things like, in the world there is trouble, but take heart, I have conquered the Mm -hmm. world. I have overcome the world. And this sort of imposing strength that really impresses me and his going into hell and just conquering and calling everybody out. There's this, there's, I think, a roar that happens Mm -hmm. in in this Chronicles of Narnia yeah. thing. Yeah. Once he comes back, yep. he roars and it brings everything to life and it's really frightening. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> but it shakes the world. Yeah. And that's God, the voice of God shakes the wilderness. It yeah. shakes the world. Um, and I think it's easy for me to connect and to desire that um, leader and to want to follow and serve Christ the King who is attacking all of the evil in the world right. and is conquering, it's a little more difficult for me to desire imagining Jesus the judge whose I'm, danger yep. threatens me. Yep, I'm getting to no? exactly that point. Yeah, so thank you for that. So like, I, I think if we, if we use the images, even in the scriptures, of either a competition or of a war, of a battle, or of being protected. I mean, all these are, are scriptural images. All of those things, I want the more dangerous person on my side. Like, I want oh, on yeah. my team, if I'm playing any sport, like, I want the more, I want the, the bigger, stronger, more zealous, urgent, competitive person on my side. If I'm in a battle, in a war, like, it, it's all about, is, he, is the danger on my side or not? Mm-hmm. Or, or being protected, like if if I'm a, a you know to use the scriptural imagery, if, if I'm a, a baby chicken in, and the, I'm being protected by mother hen, as Jesus calls himself when it refers to Jerusalem, there's something about um, like don't don't come close, yeah, don't because mess with you're, you're messing with someone who's dangerous. But the dangerous, as both of these say, the dangerous is also good. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is if we identify ourselves Mama bear. on the exact on the side of good, then 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 we're being protected by those things. But I also think that. As with everything, the devil knows this. So it's it's a very childlike thing, a very innocent thing to say, I'm intrigued by danger. Because what what that immediately shows is that I have not I have not been on the abusive side of danger. Mm. There's something so innocent, and that's why that's why the abuse of of the innocent is so tragic. Because they they've if, if we've grown up being abused in any way, having an alcoholic parent that comes home, we have no idea if they're going to be in a good mood or a bad mood. We have no idea if they're going to smack us or help us do our homework. You know, it's like that, that, that is an abuse of the true beauty of something that is, is, is what, what they're referring to as dangerous. Um, big, imposing, mysterious, intriguing. That's what I see. It's like it's mysterious mm. and intriguing. There's something it, it, could, it could give me life or take it away. Yeah, but 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 in a childlike way. Yeah, and it's not you're kind of developing this traumatic experience of being vulnerable. Yeah, but being around danger with no protection, right? And not trusting the the people who are dangerous, right? And they're they're not on your side. If we can be vulnerable 
which always means risk. We talk about this in companions all the time. If we can be vulnerable, that always involves risk, but we can, we can go deeper into the risk and therefore deeper into the vulnerability because we are protected. And th- that's, I think, what having a dangerous person or a dangerous God in our life does is that there, there's a mystery there. We can't define it, which we think is good. It, it's imposing, it's inviting, but, but there is, when we talk about the virtue of the fear of God, that's what it is. There's this, there's this awe. We stand in awe of it, but the awe has consequences. The awe demands a response. And that's how I define fear of God, awe with consequences, mm. awe that demands a response. They're like, I need to respond to something this big and beautiful and imposing. I need to. Okay. And, and But I think the fact that it can give life or take it away is in a sense what should draw us in closer. And if we are truly innocent, if we are, if we are in the Garden of Eden and, and we have not, the devil has not twisted that big imposing, something bigger than me that can have control over me. If something that is bigger than me, stronger than me, has a control over me, there the the difference between it being on my side or not, the difference between it protecting me or hurting me, that's I mean, ninety percent of my people that come to me in traumatic situations or just with with baggage and brokenness, it's like that's what it is. Somebody in their life abused and twisted and manipulated. And, and changed the goodness of a big, beautiful, all-loving, unconditionally loving mm. God and turned it into something that was, that was used against them. Mm. Um, and I think that's where if we look, if we're, if we're intrigued by these stories that are meant for children, if, if we're innocent, we look at it in the purity of a big, beautiful, creating God. Yeah. But as soon as someone in our life abuses that authority or, or, or somehow abuses us, all of a sudden that we're dangerous takes on a whole different meaning. It means the guy following us down the street. It means the guy in the dark alley. It means the, the parent who, who we can't lock out of our rooms. You know, the, the abusive person who, who, who we've somehow let in in our vulnerability has abused that vulnerability. That just, that, 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 that mm-hmm. The devil knows that, and he uses it to, to make us fear God in a way that we fear he's going to punish us mm-hmm. rather than love us. He's going to, he's going to punish us because he's mad rather than discipline us because he wants us to grow. Yeah. I, I've got two thoughts. One is John Vanier, you know, our old friend, John Vanier. Yep. I had read something that he, where he talks about the sort of traumatic experiences that come along and big ones like you're talking about, but also little ones like just a broken heart yeah. or um, somebody goes away or the, the kind of things where we um, trusted or were connected and then are disappointed somehow. Yeah. And he, he says that with each of these experiences of disappointment, of uh, abuse, of trauma, we become a little more f- fearful and a little mm. more closed off. Yep. Like, like our heart hardens and we're careful. Yeah. We're just very careful um, to the point where if you can't trust anybody, you don't grow. Yeah. You just stay small, but you stay kind of protected. You're protecting yourself. But in order to grow and to mature, um, we have to love, but love is a risk. Yeah. So he saw with his communities that it took time for people to trust each other hmm. and then to become vulnerable enough to take the risk to yeah. love somebody. But when you love somebody, you're offering yourself to them in a way that they could hurt you, yeah. even in friendship, yeah. right? And that's how it was in his houses. Um, but when people could trust each other, 
and then find out that love can be reciprocated, that love can be sort of satisfying, um, the trust grows very quickly. So even though it had been broken by all these bad experiences, uh, it comes back. But it only comes back when someone is willing to sort of take that risk. And um, I love the 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 line that um, that love is a risk, the risk of love, and um, I think that definitely applies to God. That and but this is this is kind of the learning ground, and I I see that in friendship. It's like Mm -hmm. oh man, you know, should I take the risk to be kind of put myself out for this person to connect with this person to want to hang out with them. Uh, share my experiences, uh, whatever it is, like spend my time yeah. for them. Um, if it might not be reciprocated, it might not be received, it might not, all these things. But then to say, okay, well, I can trust that. And then you have these experiences where it, it, where you really are loved or yeah. where your love goes somewhere. It really connects you. It kind of opens you up to um, even this bigger phenomenon of I can trust God and find out that he loves me, you know, or learn to love, like mature in love, grow. Well, you, you use that word careful and it's like that automatically just like set my blood boiling because in, in a way that's, that's what it's like, damn you devil for, for, for what you've done. Cause I'm careful around Jesus. Yeah. I should not be careful around him. Like, like just that word is mm. like, I should not walk on eggshells around him. I, sh- I should not be gun shy. I should not be ready to be smacked. You know, I mean, all these things that kind of make us be careful on human beings, because we should. I mean, part, a part of maturity is that, that there's good and evil in every single human being. We're all fighting that battle. So we do need to be careful on other human beings. And we do need to, because that actually helps us to grow. And then, you know, ideally, that's honestly, I mean, somebody wrote recently, I read it, it was, it was just being, being a celibate myself, um, there's something about like the 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 freedom that comes with marriage, including the sexual act. There's like just a, a release and a rest in that, where you're not you're not always afraid of of getting hurt, you know. Mm. But that's how we should be around God. I mean, I, to finish the story I was saying earlier, like I did something stupid, and I, I I was in such a rush, I didn't have time to even like say Psalm 51. And then as I'm, as I remember thinking, okay, I don't have the time, but God is so dangerous and almost, I mean, prodigal, reckless in his love. I mean, that's what prodigal means. Like, mm-hmm. he's reckless in his love for me that I should not be careful. I, sh- I should not have this guilt about not being able to say Psalm 51 after, do, after sinning, you know? And so I so I, I was like running out of the house to jump in my Jeep and just go because I was, I was late. And I as, I as I'm running out of the house, I see Father Matt right in the house as he's like mm. sitting, sitting on his computer. And I was, and I paused and like, I had this very clear vision of where Jesus was saying, like my, the my the raging fire of my reckless unconditional love for you that you can just leap into without being careful at all right now is in the form of there's a priest sitting in your dining room and you can go to confession and so I did I went to confession and it was like it was this perfect moment of like I, I had faith in the mercy of God yeah. and God immediately provided with me provided for me a priest to go to confession and I, I walked out of my, my heart just leaping I was like that's what both Tolkien and Lewis felt. That's that. Anybody who's who's talked about the recklessness of God's love and the fact that he, in his mystery and imposing recklessness, um, he used the word dangerous or unsafe. He's not safe. 
And I just think if I can get, it just seems so childlike to me, but that can't really come until you're mature, until you're past the age of reason and you've, mm. you've made some mistakes. You've had them healed. You, you've gotten into relationships that are also dangerous, people that are also dangerous. You, you've been hurt, but you've recovered and you, you can have a certain freedom beyond being careful with people um, because you've matured and you have a confidence, all these things that God gives us. Um, so, so like it's, we almost, we're, we're, we love the dangerousness of God when we're young and then we get hurt and it goes away. And then Mm -hmm. we grow in our spiritual life through asceticism and confidence and growth and faith. And then all of a sudden we get it back, but it's a mature appreciation for God's dangerousness. And we have to say all of these things that have been dangerous in my life that have made that a bad word have now been, been overcome. Like you said, by Jesus that has conquered them. Mm. They're still there. It doesn't mean I'm not going to feel them, but I, but I, I still have a certain rest and a, a intrigue of God's danger and, and that I'm not careful around because I'm, I'm, I'm playing in it. I'm, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like a child, you know. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. The way you were talking about that was like a Benjamin Button thing. It was like, mm. you know, your body gets older and your, mm-hmm. and yep. your experience gets older and older and it's more... Uh, mature in its way, yeah. and then your soul is getting more mature, younger, exactly. <laughs> and becoming I love that. childish, childish, yeah. childish, yeah. to the point where you are becoming well, trusting and wild in following Him. Mm-hmm. You know, the one who is yeah. um, wild and kind of reckless, but in in a way that's just. Smarter. Yeah. It's like a child. <laughs> you know, you're not going to hurt yourself. Pool. You're going to help yourself yeah. by following him and trusting that he's on your side. And it's like he, a child jumping into the pool knowing that the parent's going to catch them. You mm-hmm. know, there's like, it's, it's something that is horribly dangerous, could lead to death, but, but they do it with this joy. You see a lot of kids, they do it because they know that someone's going to catch them and save them. They're doing something that should, without, they don't think this way, but they're doing something that should end their life. Jumping into a pool should end your life. But they do it with reckless abandon because they know their parents going to be there to, to prevent them from the, the normal consequences of what that might be. But there are those consequences aren't there because of the love of the parent and the care of the, and the concern of the parent. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about parents too where when you're a kid, you look at your parents and you're like, dang, they are mm. like strong. Yeah. They're huge. They're like... They're God. They're, yeah. yeah, they're really <laughs> yeah. impressive and nothing could challenge them mm-hmm. nothing they could take on anything they are like that sort of fearful powerful thing yeah um and then you become adults and you're like oh no like you have to go through a series of disappointment <laughs> yeah. disillusionment yeah. i have tons of respect for my parents but it's like they're not the same yeah. like towering figures that they once right. were and i think it works it works backward in the same way with god like as you as you come to know god more some people talk about oh you know like jesus is my friend jesus is my friend we hang out he likes me he right. <laughs> and all right there's something to that he he calls us friends yeah, i call you friends you know but defined yeah the more you get to know him the more you should respect yeah. like this guy is different yeah and this God is way different than me. This God is so much more capable, so right. much more powerful, so much more grand, so much more beautiful. Yeah. Everything, even while I 
am in- increasing in my confidence in my own beauty and strength and danger, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. power. Um, God is more, more and more different, yeah. you know, but greater. Yeah. And I think that part of that becoming child, becoming a child, the more and more our soul becomes childlike, the more and more respect we have for the greater. Oh. I oftentimes think that, that our, our spirit, our soul matures and grows more childlike and closer to Christ in union with him at the same rate that all of our, our body and our mental capacity starts to fail. So like as our body gets weaker, our soul gets stronger. As our brain gets weaker, our soul gets stronger. It's almost like saying you needed those things for a while. You needed a strong body. You needed youth. You needed a sharp mind. But that was a distraction from the real good things. And as as God starts taking those away or nature starts taking them away from us, we just don't need them anymore. I don't I don't need my youth. I mean, that like I shared with you before, you know, Chaput told me, Archbishop Chaput was my spiritual director, and he told me, you know, you will you're very good at being a young priest. You're not, you're going to be a horrible old priest unless oh, you change. No. Yeah. I mean, it was, and it was like, oh, what unless, he was saying is you're, you're utilizing, right, exactly. You're utilizing all of your human gifts, namely your youth, and you're, you're using it for the kingdom of God, and that's good. But as soon as those things start to fail, you're not going to know what to do because you, you're so used to using them as a crutch, and you, they're not going to be a crutch forever because you're not going to have them. Um, you know, so th- there, there is that, that maturity, like you said, that, that, that but transition. I think you can just trust that this is going to happen. You're walking in grace. Right. You're and then when living, it starts to fail, living like, a good yeah, life. So. And that's part of, you know, part of human life. Mm-hmm. Like those lessons are going to teach you right. to be wise and you'll be, you'll be a good priest then and a good priest yeah. later, you know. You don't need to change overnight. You know, yeah. you know God, God gives us the gift of time. And I don't even think, like, necessarily you have to, you have to do something. And it's, it's like you're saying, as your body shuts down, it's going to force something. You don't do that on purpose. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. going to force this kind yeah. of hu- humiliation and growth of your yeah. soul. Yeah. And the image I had when we were talking about this earlier, I shouldn't want to forget, um, of kind of the, the, a childlike joy of, of being in the presence of the dangerous, namely God and, and each other, um, is like the three youths in the furnace. You know, the, the, the Nebuchadnezzar throws them in the furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, throws them into the furnace, and, and the guards are consumed by the fire because they keep on turning it up. Um, the, I don't know, well, Daniel, Book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then but the guards look in there and they see them dancing. They're like dancing in the furnace that should have killed them, and they're just. And there's a fourth person in there, which we of course see as Christ. Yeah, they you know they see as an angel, but there's like they're they're being protected by this fourth being that's in this furnace. But they're not just kind of standing there in awe. They're actually like dancing, a childlike dancing in the thing that should have killed them, and they're they're enjoying it because of the protection and the miracle that they've. I mean, it's like was it like like it was like dew on their bodies. You know, it's like it was just such a, a beautiful childlike moments and to be able to to regain that once you've matured and realize that the world can be an evil place and a hard place and a dangerous place in a, in a bad way and something that we need protection from and um and once we acknowledging that and acknowledging that for what it is the world's never going to be a completely pure you know uh, garden of eden again heaven is but as we wait for that there's this maturity but there's still this i mean i think we all know old people that have kind of gotten there you know sure. that they they just they're they're just joyful and their bodies falling apart, their brains falling apart. But there's a certain 
a reckless joy because of a reckless God that they've And these guys, into. when they get out of the they get out of the furnace, Daniel gets out of the lion's den, mm-hmm. and the the secular power in the story, the king who's persecuting them, who has power over everybody in the world, yeah. bows down to mm. bows down to them and says, "Your God has made you dangerous. Yeah. Like you guys are, yeah, exactly. you scare me. Yep, <laughs> and I'm the most powerful yep. thing in the world. Yep, yep. And so there's something of like the you know the the potential for people the the saints that are sort of embodied in these characters mm. you know um what is it legolas is dangerous you yeah. gimli are dangerous it's like he's kind of talking about their potential like you could be mm-hmm. but he's also kind of talking about just the reality of who they are because mm. of their mission their destiny in the story their yeah. kind of role in the whole and and it, it's uh, once we acknowledge somebody, I mean, this is kind of the reason why Jesus couldn't do any miracles in his hometown because they didn't see him as dangerous. They didn't see, they, they didn't revere him. They saw him as ordinary. Mm. They saw him as the same of themselves. So as if we, and I think this happens like in marriages or in, in like in, in households, you stop seeing the other person as dangerous. You stop seeing them as mm. a, as an earthen vessel. You, you stop seeing them as as something that 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 reflects God and that 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 where God dwells and you stop you stop revering them. I mean, we're reading his companions that book, um, mm. von Hildebrand's book, Art of Living, which is an amazing book. And the first chapter is on reverence. Like, re- ha- like, do you reverence each other because you you are a dwelling place and a child of God? And there's certain awe we should have. Mm. And once you're married. 10 years, 15 years, 25 years, you stop reverencing, you stop being in awe of the other person. And yet, yet they are probably even more worthy of awe at that point because they've grown in holiness, they've grown closer to Christ, and the, the bond that you've had has only strengthened ideally through the course of love, but we just, we stop being surprised and standing in awe of each other. But that's, I think, it, it, that's part of the beauty of, of, of Tolkien here is saying, do you consider your spouse or your parent or your boss or your coworker or your mother-in-law. I mean, are are they dangerous in this sense? They they are they are they are growing closer to Christ, becoming in union with Him, and they they are they are holy and to be revered. Mm. And God is working in their life and purifying them. And in heaven, one day, they will be united to Christ fully and completely, as ideally we will as well. But we, we when we, once we stop identifying the other as dangerous, we we've kind of fallen to the devil's trap of of like in 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 uh, in Jesus's hometown, he could not perform miracles mm. there because they had lost that reverence or that idea of the mystery of the dangerous and the awe with consequences that, that they should have had of him that allowed him to do miracles in their lives. And even for us, I mean, do we see Jesus as just simply a friend like any other friend? If, if we've lost our sense of awe of him or of idea that, that he is unsafe in, in that way, in the beautiful way, and dangerous in that way, we in a sense have, have stopped letting him do miracles in our lives. And I think if we get that reverence back and kind of the awe where we're saying, Jesus, you're holy, you're other, you're big, um, all of a sudden we might see miracles happening again, you know, because we've, we've in a sense identified them as being able to come from someone who is, is so mysterious and beautifully imposing. Yeah. And if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, yeah. you know, that's like trust, that's awe, that's reverence. Exactly. I'm thinking of the glory of, the, I think the ending of that Lion, Witch, in the Robe uh, wardrobe has those kids who were just kids and they were like yeah. 
in a lot of peril and danger, and you can see their weakness throughout the story. This is part of the grandeur of that story, mm-hmm. that they're um, enthroned yeah. at the end, yeah. right? And they're wearing this glorious regal garb, and all of the creatures of Narnia are bowing down to them. Yeah. And it's a sort of acknowledgement of the glory that can come from mm-hmm. cooperation with Christ. Yeah. That the glory of the saints in heaven, it's like they don't they don't deserve it this. They they haven't even changed. They're right. the same kids yeah. or whatever. But they're kings and queens. Yeah. And it's very real in the story. And I think on this side we have to kind of trust that that's true and right. that that's our reality and our future. Yeah. But it's pretty beautiful just to contemplate, no? There's a I saw a story about a guy, a um some employee at Disneyland who has worked there for d- decades, you know, almost his whole life. And I think he's he's kind of a janitor, but everybody has kind of de- multiple roles in Disneyland. But um, he he'll he has a, a book of an autograph book, and he asks every little girl dressed as a princess to sign it. And it's like it's like this, you know, just because they're dressed like a princess. He says, "Oh my gosh, Belle or, or Mermaid oh. or whatever whatever the names are." Like, and he asked them to sign, and these little girls are, of course, kind of caught completely yeah. off guard by it. But but he you know he's he's an adult that identifying them with that and asking. And I've often thought, um, you know, it, it, I we should we, we have this celebrity culture, but you know, who, whoever Dave Matthews and my my you know celebrity that I want to hang out with <laughs> is you know is is no different than you, Father Mike Rapp. Like, why, why aren't I as He's a better musician, <laughs> right? Yeah, but yeah, you, you have other qualities I'd rather objective. have. I'd rather be more like you, though. You know, so it's like it's like so. Are we as intrigued to almost like do we want an autograph or a selfie nowadays yeah. with, with with the people in our life that we we should be standing in awe as much as as I am with you know Dave Matthews Band or or whatever Philip Rivers, you know? Yeah, or any baptized person, you know, like yeah, any, exactly. Yeah, anybody who's who's got the spirit of God dwelling in them. Yeah. It's like that should that should blow us away exactly. pretty regularly, yeah. but it's become very commonplace. And I think that even tells of this reckless and perilous nature of of God. Mm-hmm. This incarnation is like are you are you wise right now? Yeah. You're going to throw yourself into this community of fallen human beings. Yeah. You think this is going to work? Right. You think your plan is going to work? This is reckless. Yeah. This is foolish. Yeah. Um, and it's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous because you threaten yourself. You threaten your glory, your goodness, your grandeur by associating with us. And we say exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's, I want it. Well, that's, that's what I love about it. You know, that's what's remarkable. Childlikeness. Yeah. yeah. And salvific. It really ennobles yeah. us and changes us. Yeah. Absolutely. It actually affects our salvation. Yeah. Well, That's all I have. That is a cool topic, man. I love those yeah. quotes. Yeah, me too. It struck and just me. the idea. I think those. I think those two authors were profound Christians yeah. that had a very strong sense of the dignity of Christian life now and the glory that's promised to the Christians and a childlikeness that allowed them to write literature that would be that they wrote for children. But that all, of course, is intriguing me at 41 years old. You know? Yeah. It's like the kind of height of art. Mm-hmm. When I lived in Rome, 
you looked around and you were like, man, that was a particular time in history when Caravaggio is painting mm. and Bernini is designing and doing these incredible statues and Michelangelo is painting yeah. and doing architecture and sculpture. And how did all of these great artists come right at the same time? Yeah. And I think there's something about these English authors at Oxford at the yeah. time that was just a kind of a, a flowering. Yeah. Well, that's what I want the companions to be. I mean, I, uh, I I look at our group of eleven now that's only growing, and I think you know this is this is in a sense what we should be doing. I think the podcast is a fruit of that, one fruit of that, but mm. even more so, like as as companions, we should be saying we're we're honing each other, and we really are, you know, as priests, as as men who have separate lives in a sense, we minister to our individual parishes and communities, but like. We we should be saying. I mean, I, I hope one day people can say, you know, the companions of Christ. You know, in the in the in the twenty first century, were 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 the graced um, and Holy Spirit led men who who were able to influence each other and and have the discussions that actually led to the salvation of souls and the flourishing of good art. You know, the great artists of yeah. our time. I don't know. <laughs> That's my hope. It sounds like we're nice. at the beginning of it. I'm with you, dude. I'd love that. <laughs> we're, trying. we're trying. Pray for us. God's at work. Maybe if we get a lot of prayers. Yeah, exactly. Pray for us. Amen. Amen. Well, um, you have any shout outs? I do. This is new. This is new for me, huh? Shout outs? Shout outs. Oh, really? Did you know that? I'm, I guess I did. I've been very poor at oh, okay. reporting the shout outs. Okay. All right. I have changed my tune. 2019. Father Michael Casey, an old friend from Rome, okay. a good dude. We used to watch um, Australian football, mm. and um, he's like one of these brilliant super nerds mm. who I was trying to like kind of hide in their shadow okay. while I was learning my Bible stuff nice. those first years <laughs> in Rome. But apparently, he listens to the podcast, and he recommended it to Catherine and Matt Wallace. Nice. And they wrote in, so I'm really grateful to Father Michael Casey. What's up, man? Look forward to seeing you before long. Also, Brad Zetti and his lovely wife, Jen, wrote a nice email, and um, I promised to be praying for you. And uh, the, Brad had a health scare so I'm praying for him. Yeah, amen. Um, I had somebody, um, two shout-outs real quick. Somebody, Andrea just texted me today and said that somebody brought me, sent me a 12-pack of beer for my birthday at a city of Campania's house. I have no idea who it not is. Bad, <laughs> not go, bad, not bad. I'm going to go pick it up uh, tomorrow, though. Viking so blood? Thank you to whoever gave me a 12-pack of beer for my birthday. I appreciate that immensely. I, I, I love Thank you. I love this aspect of the, of the podcast, honestly, is people that give us gifts. Like they're, they're absolutely, they're absolutely... Um, acts of love, and I, I am so horrible with shout outs and thanking people on the air that I just I apologize. This is a public apology for all those who have given us stuff or prayed for us or sent us letters that, that we have just not acknowledged. I mean, I'm horrible about that. Um, so but whoever gave us the bell, I'll, I'll hopefully give you a shout out next time. No promises <laughs> if I remember. Somebody sent, I don't know, I, I didn't see a card or anything. Uh, t shirt came in, speaking of Disney, yeah. that said malt whiskey. Oh. In the Walt Disney letters? Yes. I have that too. And it was just clever. Do you know who I that loved was? It. No. Garrett Dean. Was well, it? Well, Garrett Dean gave them to us initially. So maybe it's somebody else. But Garrett Dean gave us. I could have been Garrett. Gave us probably there was two no... years ago. My, mine's from Garrett Dean. Two years ago? Hey, yeah. guys. When did you get yours? <laughs> well, last week. 
<laughs> maybe yeah, it's, literally maybe it's somebody else then. It probably well, is anyway. Um, Shout out to Garrett's Gary. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you before long yeah, too. You know? Absolutely. We were supposed to do something in February. No, but all those gifts, it's true. I've yeah. am slow to thank everybody, but it's like Christmas all the time. We're spoiled. That's what it is. We're spoiled. I know. We were well, we're overloved. You guys overlove us. If I wasn't fueled by love, I might not and still Andrew, be talking. Just because we need to blame her for everything. Um, but also, uh, also, I want to give a shout out to Mark Atkins, who is a, um, I guess I can say this publicly, but he he's uh, a Lutheran scholar who just uh, is began a process of mystagogy to come into the Byzantine Church. All right. So he, I know he listens, and this is a beautiful story. Um, I'll, before this comes out, I'll talk to him about this. But he, so he found out about the podcast through my grandmother, who just passed away. So he would bring his family, and my grandmother pretty much adopted him and his kids. As, was he at the house? He was Little Sisters of the Poor. Yeah. So he volunteered Little Sisters of the Poor. Oh, I And see. he just okay. worked on the street. But he just went there because he wanted to do something for his society. So he went down the street, started working. Anyway, he hit my grandmother, my crazy Irish New York grandmother. And they just bonded. They hit it off right away. Yeah. And so he, my grandmother pretty much adopted his whole family as her own. And they would just hang out with her all the time. It was beautiful. And then I guess she would brag about me, her, her son who was a priest. And so he looked me up, found the podcast, and then, and then we started listening and then came to church one Sunday after like saying, I've, you know, I've been doing his own research for a while. He's, he's a brilliant Bible scholar and knows church history, all these things. And so anyway, just last Sunday, we, we brought him in as a, not a catechumen because he's baptized, but as, as going out of the process of mystagogy, learning about the mysteries of the church to become a Catholic. So. Wow, great. So anyway, I know he listens. So Welcome. shout out to you, Mark. I'd and, like to call you my favorite Lutheran. Yeah. <laughs> but Grandma Mary is Aww. my favorite Lutheran. And she was wondering whether or not I'm still doing this podcast. Okay. So, yes, I am, Grandma. Shout out. Oh, the innocence of, uh, of grandparents that love us so much. Yeah. All right, y'all. Love you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it immensely. Keep on doing good things and building up the kingdom of God. Yeah, stay dangerous. Stay dangerous, exactly. Hashtag stay dangerous. I like that. <laughs>